Welcome to day 344 of Shaped by the Word. I'm Paul, here with Katie, Matt, and David, as we continue our third season together, the journey through the prophets. Uh, we ought to pause to uh, put ourselves in a historical setting. The major event you know, during the time of the prophets is the uh, destruction of the uh, northern kingdom and the exile of the southern kingdom. Uh, so God has judged the nation of Israel for their unfaithfulness, and he has done so by scattering them to the nations. So when we look at the prophets, we have prophets who are prophesying before the exile, warning Israel to repent and avoid coming judgment. Then we have prophets who've prophesied during the exile, uh, Jeremiah and Ezekiel, uh, sustaining Israel through the judgment of God. And now we have prophets who are prophesying in the return as they come back to Jerusalem and begin to rebuild the walls in the city. And of course, that's Haggai and Zechariah. Uh, Haggai we did last week, and Zechariah we continue in this week. Zechariah is kind of unique. Uh, it's given to uh, you know eight visions in the first part of the book, and of course the number eight is unusual. We're looking for three, or we're looking for seven, um, but we have eight visions, and eight visions are are visions of the future, visions of the restoration, visions of coming judgment over the entire earth. As we look at these visions, they pick up on the images. You know, that we found in Ezekiel, but more than anything else, you're going to see echoes of what we will later find in the book of Revelation. So, all the book of Revelation is built around some of these images that we find in this book of Zechariah. So, we continue. Uh, We began on Friday, we left you hanging, and here we are back again on Monday. So, we'll do chapter two and three. Before we do so, as always, um, we recognize what a wonderful gift God has given us in His Word. Uh, He is a God who desires to be known. He has made himself known in creation. He has made himself known through the words of Scripture. And, of course, he has given fullness to Scripture in the vision that we have of, of Christ. And so as we come to his word, we come to hear his voice and to see what he has given us in Christ Jesus. So before we read, we prepare our hearts and minds. We pause before the Lord and ask Him to meet us in this moment to do His work in us through His Spirit, by His Word. So before we read, Katie, do you mind lifting us up with a word of prayer? Mm, Let's pray. Heavenly Father, You are are a set-apart God. You are a holy God. There is no one like You. And... We um, want to recognize that as we open up your word together, Lord. You are um, all-powerful, all-knowing, all-seeing, and you are a good God. And we praise you for that, and we thank you for that. Uh, As we read your word, Lord, would you meet us here, meet us where we are, um, and do a work in us that we couldn't imagine, a work that we surely couldn't do ourselves. Um, And Lord, would you just give us a a deeper love for you and a deeper love um, for the scriptures. That's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Today we'll explore the uh, third and the fourth of the eight visions, beginning in chapter two. Then I looked up, and there before me was a man with a measuring line in his hand. I asked, where are you going? He answered me to measure Jerusalem to find out how wide and how long it is. While the angel who was speaking to me was leaving, another angel came to meet him and said to him, Run, tell that young man Jerusalem will be a city without walls because of the great number of people and animals in it. And I myself will be a wall of fire around it, declares the Lord, and I will be its glory within. 
Come, come, flee from the land of the north, declares the Lord, for I have scattered you to the four winds of heaven, declares the Lord. Come, Zion, escape, you who live in daughter Babylon, for this is what the Lord Almighty says, after the glorious one has sent me against the nations that have plundered you, for whoever touches you touches the apple of my eye. I will surely raise my hand against them so that their slaves will plunder them. Then you will know that the Lord Almighty has sent me. Shout and be glad, daughter of Zion, for I am coming, and I will live among you, declares the Lord. Many nations will be joined with the Lord in that day and will become my people. I will live among you, and you will know that the Lord Almighty has sent me to you. The Lord will inherit Judah as his portion in the Holy Land and will again choose Jerusalem. Be still before the Lord, all mankind, because he has roused himself from his holy dwelling. Then he showed me Joshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord, and Satan standing at his right side to accuse him. The Lord said to Satan, The Lord rebuke you, Satan. The Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. Is not this man a burning stick, stashed from the fire? Now Joshua was dressed in filthy clothes as he stood before the angel. The angel said to those who were standing before him, Take off his filthy clothes. Then he said to Joshua, See, I have taken away your sin and I'll put fine garments on you. Then I said, put a clean turban on his head. So they put a clean turban on his head and clothed him while the angel of the Lord stood by. The angel of the Lord gave this charge to Joshua. This is what the Lord Almighty says. If you will walk in obedience to me and keep my requirements, then you will govern my house and have charge of my courts, and I'll give you a place among those standing here. Listen, high priest Joshua, you and your associates seated before you, who are men symbolic of the things to come, I'm going to bring my servant the branch. See the stone I have set in front of Joshua. There are seven eyes on that one stone, and I'll grave an inscription on it, says the Lord Almighty, and I'll remove the sin of this land in a single day. In that day, each of you will invite your neighbor to sit under your vine and fig tree, declares the Lord Almighty. In the original vision, we saw you know the man among the myrtle trees sitting on a horse, and he's surveying. Uh, you know, all of the lands. And then we saw the four horns that are broken down, the powerful enemies that arrayed themselves, you know, against Israel. And, and now we see the beginning of the rebuilding of the city. So we have a young man that uh, has a measuring line and he's running through the city to measure its heights and its depth and its, its breadth. Uh, but then the Lord calls him back and he said, there's no need to measure because the city is going to overflow human boundaries and it's going to overflow human imagination. And then, of course, you have this beautiful picture of atonement, you know, and the high priest uh, Joshua being restored. Is that name, is that um, pointing us toward Yeshua or is that of importance there? I just, I didn't look into that, but I wonder. No, of, of an incredible importance. You're going to see both in a... You know, the governor and the high priest who have returned from exile to rebuild the temple, you know, Zerubbabel and Joshua, uh, you're going to see images of Christ. And you especially hear that, you know, in the words, you know, through the week, you know, branch, mm -hmm. which is, you know, referred to David and to the coming king of David, a tree that's been cut down, but a shoot and a root that grows out from it. And interesting enough, in, in Hebrew, the name Jesus mm -hmm. is Yeshua, mm -hmm. which is in the Old Testament translated as Joshua. So symbolism is, is rich all the way through all of this. So everything we see today will be pointing to Christ. Mm -hmm. And I like as we're seeing the kind of the restoration and, you know, some people have gone back, but there's still that invitation, you know, in verses six and seven to 
to come back out of Babylon, to return back to Jerusalem. And we see apparently a lot of people are going to, you know, he talks about this great number of people and animals and, and no longer is just like a man-made wall of their safety, but like the fire of the Lord is around them and he's the one keeping them safe. And he's the one doing this great work, you know, not just to restore Jerusalem, but to protect his people who are returning back from exile. And so I love just the beautiful picture of the, the Lord's heart towards his people in all of that. And of course, historically, this is not anything that has happened yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of the people became settled in the lands to which they were exiled and, and kind of found a settled life mm-hmm. and uh, enjoyed the stability of that life. So not many of them took the risk to come back to Jerusalem. And of course, if we read through history, we, we, we know that not only is the temple being rebuilt, but the walls are also being rebuilt. And so this envisions, you know, a future time and an idealized returning, you know, of the people, you know, to, uh, you know, to Jerusalem. You even urges them, run, get back <laughs> yeah. here quick. Mm-hmm. This yeah. is where the Lord's blessing will be. Yeah, and you love that image, you know, the, I will be a wall of fire around it, but I will also be its glory within. And then verse 10, you know, shout and be glad, daughter Zion, for I am coming and I will live among you. Yeah, mm-hmm. again, I mean, we've talked about it so much, but that covenant you know, formula where, you know, he will be our God, we will be right. his people, and and then he will dwell among us. And so here you have, you know, this promise that God, again, will dwell with his people, and then the inclusion of many nations will be joined mm-hmm. with the Lord in that day and will become my people. Yeah, you know, I will live among you, and you will know that the Lord Almighty has sent me to you. Right. And so you have there the combination, you know, of both, uh, you know, the Abrahamic covenant yeah. of the nations, you know, coming to the Lord and the Mosaic or the, you know, Sinaitic you know, covenant of I will make my dwelling among you and I will be your God and you will be my people. And so all of these wonderful things are, you know, coming together in a wonderful way. But if you're part of the exile, you've come back and you've seen all the rubble and it's an incredible task. You're living in fear of enemies around you and you wonder if anything can every good come off, you know, the situation. Mm-hmm. And of course, what a wonderful picture, you know, if you know Joshua, the high priest, a picture of our salvation and what it means to be restored, you know, in Christ, an incredible picture. Uh, He's standing, you know, before a tribunal. And of course, the enemy is is there accusing him Mm -hmm. and he's in filthy clothes. Mm -hmm. Uh, The word in Hebrew is a little bit more than, you know, I've got a few grass stains. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, on, on on my clothes, it's it's a word, you know, kind of like Isaiah's filthy rags, you know, to talk about defiling clothes. Uh, so it's more than just, you know, dirt to disdain these clothes. And, and you have the Lord first rebuking the enemy. Mm-hmm. And the enemy really doesn't have to say anything. It's just, just look at him. You know, there, there are your people. There is your high priest. Here is the one that you're depending on to make the rest of the people pure. Just, just look at him and all the filth and all the excrement, mm-hmm. you know, that is a part of who he is. And, and the Lord says, Satan, hush. Mm-hmm. He, he's mine. I have taken him as a stick out of the fire. Mm-hmm. And a uh, beautiful image, you know, mm-hmm. taking off, uh, you know, the image of clothing, you know, running through Scripture. And if in the very moment Adam and Eve sinned against God, they, they tried to cover themselves, and yet God made covering or clothes for them. Then you have this beautiful picture of the high priest taking off sin and putting on, you know, righteousness. And you have the wonderful picture of the prodigal son That's who's re- returning and being clothed in, you know, all of the inheritance, you know, in the glory of his former self. And then, of course, you have 
uh, Jesus stripped of his clothes and laid bare for us in order to clothe us with righteousness. And that's one of Paul's favorite images, is, you know, to put on Christ or to be clothed in his righteousness. Mm-hmm. And you have to love, you know, the images of I will atone for all sin in one day. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what I was going to say. It goes beyond, you know, the uh, day of atonement, which is one day each year, but there will be one final day when I'll remove your sin, remove your wickedness, and clothe you in righteousness. And, of course, the turban, a picture of dignity. Mm. So powerful. And that's that's definitely one of the verses that really struck me is just, I'll remove the sin of this land in a single day, not even just the sin of this man, you know, just this one specific man who's who only has filthy rags to offer me, but the sin of this entire land. And you think about all the animals that would come, that would be brought into the temple for sacrifices day in and day out. And, and, and yet all of the sin of the land in one single day, that's powerful. And it's a powerful picture and it's a powerful reminder of the atonement and, and how much it means to us. It's pretty intense. <laughs> no, you have that wonderful you know, verse eight. Uh, you know, listen, high priest Joshua, you and your associates seated here before you. Uh, I love this line. You're men symbolic of things that are about to come. Mm-hmm. You know, the small things that I'm doing in you right now will mm-hmm. be magnified, and in a way that's beyond your imagination in the coming one in that branch, uh, in my servant. You know, the branch. And so we're going to see a lot of that, you know, this week. And you're going to see a lot of, you know, the restoration of the covenant. The angel of the Lord, you know, verse 6, gave this charge to Joshua. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Walk in obedience and keep my requirements. Then you will govern my house and have charge of my courts, and I'll give you a place. Mm -hmm. And, of course, that is God's promise for his people in all times. Mm -hmm. David, do you mind closing us with a word of prayer? No, let's pray. And Father, how how rich your word is and and how symbolic all these things are as they point us to the one to come, which is Christ Jesus. Thank you for all that he's given us. Um, May we walk now as those clothed in Christ um, for your glory. We praise all in the name of Jesus. Amen.